Benedict Cumberbatch, thank you for reminding us that heroes are real and that you, my friend, are one of them. Marvel's Cloak and Dagger is set to hit the small screen, but what is it really about? And would you spend $27,000 on DLC for a video game? Twenty. I, I can't even fathom that. All of this and so much more on the Geek Underground. Reviewing primary directives. Get plugged in. Are a sad, strange little man. Throw the freaking hump, imposter! What's Even listen to yourself when you talk. I drift in and out. Hey, cuckoo birds, do you mind? This is important. If you'll all excuse me, I have a man to beat in pool while wearing shorts. Let me ask a question. Do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Do you? Are you like a crazy person? Why can't you see that for the compliment that it is? Wow, this is garbage. Yes, and welcome back to the podcast episode number 11. This is Deadpool. And this is the Trash Panda. And we are so glad we could have you along on the Geek Underground. Uh, what I love about this podcast is what we're really here for is we want to be able to empower you to be you. Livy, what, what's your little slogan? Mine is be unique. And what I love about that is, is that uh, in America, I always go back to America because in America, it's about being an individual. And when I look at the teens that are growing up there, they're, they're, they are empowered there to be themselves, even though sometimes they do need to be reminded. But here, it seems often like the teens are just told, as Livy, you would put it, to be penguins. And I don't want you to be penguins, which means just following the suit and, and looking like the rest of everything else, the sea of black and white. Don't be a penguin. Be a peacock. Uh, what's that line from the other guys where Mark Wahlberg says, I'm a peacock captain. I got to fly. Something like that. No. Well, when I haven't seen the other guys and I wouldn't suggest being a peacock either because although they're pretty and flashy, they all look the same as well. Well, yes, but be unique. That, that is the thing. Like your thing is be unique and we want to empower you that it's okay to be you. Let the things that you love shine out. Uh, if you love geek and nerd, uh, we're here to talk about that. We're here to encourage you. And then actually one of the really cool things, we'll talk more about Comic-Con later, but we were just at Comic-Con this last weekend in London, and we were talking to one of the security guards. And what he said is is he loved to work the MCM and the Comic-Con events more than any other just because of how easy it was for him, how amazing the community is. And that is one of the things that you'll see about Comic-Con and the people that love these things is they're such an accepting people. They, they mm -hmm. love you. They'll, they'll accept you no matter what you are or where you come from. You are accepted. And if you've never been to a Comic-Con before, find the next one. I think it's in July here for the can, next one in can London. Can I just point something out right now? Go, because I know go. we have non-really geeky people that listen to this as we well. Do. But Comic-Con stands for Comic Book Convention. Now, back in the day, comic book conventions used to just solely look at comic books. You know, comics like you buy, like... The Amazing Spider-Man or Superman or whatever. But now it's become more of a hybrid thing where it's to do with pop culture, 
Movies, Anything TV to do shows, movies, yeah. TV shows, books, podcasts. You have lots um, of podcasters, cartoons. And, and bloggers there. It, I mean, anything you can think of. Uh, one of the big things that MCM that they do every year is the Pop Asia, which is all about the Kawaii and the Tokidoki and you know the amused plushes of all the alpacas and all that craziness. And it's brilliant because yeah, it's, it's just this big conglomeration of just the most random nerdiness you can ever think of. But you never feel out of place in one of those halls. Not at all. You could be not dressed like Joe Blog off the street and you will not feel out of place. But the community is an amazing, loving community. And, and that's one of the reasons why I think people are drawn to it is because, you know, a lot of times they feel out of place with the things they like. But you go there and, and you feel accepted. And I just want to get that acceptance, though, in, in the, the mainstream. Why, why can't we be like that in schools and in communities? Why do we have to go to a Comic-Con and... And, and I, I really hope that through this, through people listening, it can empower you just to be you and understand that, that you is the best thing you can be. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're going to get off our high horse here. But I just I just am really passionate about you not having to try to be somebody different in order to fit in. Just, just be you. And if people love that, that, that's fine. If they don't like that, we'll just and, screw them, really. You know, really. back I mean, in the day, if you were a go. nerd, if you were a geek, if you were into video games or if you were into, like, role-playing um, role tabletop games like D&D and the things like that, you were kind of on the fringe, you know, you were the sad losers. And I'm sorry, I'm going to use those words because that was what we were all called. And now, I'm sorry, geeks are the new sexy. I'm sorry, they absolutely yeah. are. You've got some of the most brilliant, creative, talented people who turn up to those things. They're the ones playing those games still. They're the ones creating these video games that the whole else world worlds want to play. And you know what? That is the new sexy. And have Being you, unique have you seen, is the new sexy. Have you seen Ryan Reynolds? Chris oh Evans? Gosh. Chris Hemsworth? Come on. These, these are some very hot, attractive people that, that are also loving and enjoying what they do. And they yeah. love the characters. So, Chris you know, Pratt? Yes. That's, that's more my... my uh, Ryan MSP. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Come on now. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> Pay your sack off. <laughs> yes. But, and and they, again, they love these roles and they yeah. love the, the nerdums they're a part of. And they, they want to now, again, they, they still like to do other things, but they, they really do embrace. And the directors and the writers embrace these roles because they love it. Mm. They love what they do with it. Uh, but, yeah, we just spent the, the weekend at Comic-Con, though, and really had a blast. I'm not sure if anyone else was able to go to MCM's last weekend, uh, but I, I had an amazing time. I certainly did. It, um, it's always so much fun. But the the one thing that kind of gets me down every single time is I have some health conditions, which means that I have to take the um, mobility scooter. My stepdad's actually disabled, so I take his mobility <laughs> scooter, which kind of, you know, it's a bit of a pain to get around yeah. those halls because it's kind of crowded. However, it has its perk points, one of which being you end up buying so much merchandise and nonsense at Comic-Cons. <laughs> I mean, you can't walk away from a Comic-Con without buying, like, tons of stuff. And then and then you have something to carry all that and stuff on. But you're you right. you put the bags on you and you don't have to carry them. cannot do Comic-Con without ending up with bags and bags of stuff, though. Oh, it's impossible. I mean, I, I want to max out, even though I don't have credit cards, I want to max out every credit card. I see some amazing bust from Gentle Giant. I just want to mortgage a kidney can i put like a can you pawn a kidney and get it back i, I don't know how that works can you say look you guys can have this if i don't pay you back but i, I need to have that and that's yeah. how i am every time i walk around and the there show was a floor couple of things that we hadn't budgeted for that we were like oh gonna have that like all right this is your birthday christmas <laughs> anniversary mother's day Absolutely. present for the next three years yeah, exactly okay 
Yeah, well, one of the things that was a little perk point to having the scooter this time, um, Anthony Daniels was going to be there and a C-3PO. Good old C-3PO yeah. from Star Wars. Now, I'm going to preface this. I had heard many stories about how negative and arrogant this guy was. And so had it not been for the fact that for my 10-year anniversary, Sean had bought me this amazing frame with this picture of Han and Chewie in it done by Katie Cook and this amazing uh, Katie metal. Cook is a, is a Star Wars artist. She does My Little Pony yeah. as a writer, but does a lot of original Star Wars art uh, um, for them. And it's got a metal Manelian Falcon on it. And then it has this photo of the original cast, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill and Peter um, Mayhew's Peter Chewbacca Mayhew and, and, and um, yeah. Kenny Baker and... Anthony Daniels as C-3PO. Now, all the rest of the cast assigned it, bar Anthony Daniels. So we slowly built up this piece yeah. over the years and gotten all the autographs so on it. So we knew Anthony Daniels would be there. We figure, right, we're going to get his autograph. That piece is finished. And so Sean had gone to go and get a, autogra- um, a, a commission, commission piece. done yeah, commission piece uh, by Ken artist. Lashley, who we'll mention later. Um He'd gone over there to go and get that done. And I was over in the corner waiting for Anthony Daniels because there was a little bit of queue. And the lady who was over the area, one of the um, helpers or whatever you want to call it, says, oh, well, we'll get you through. And I'm like, look, don't worry. I'm not going to because they had one of those zigzaggy barriers. And if you know anything about mobility scooters, they can't turn on a dime. They're useless at turning. So I was like, look, it's absolutely fine. I don't need to go over there here. Look, I've got the photo. I've got the pen. Here's the money. One of you just go and take him and have it signed. It's yeah, fine. Because there was these lines of the switchbacks, you know, back and forth, and back they were, and forth. I've got to say, MCM were completely willing to take all those barriers down to get me over there. But I was like, you know what? That's a lot of work for them. And they're already really, really busy and, you know, quite, you know, they've got a lot of stuff going on. The last thing they need to be doing is taking barriers down for me when I'm really not interested in meeting this guy. And it was only because he was going to be there that I'd have it done. So Sean comes back from Ken Lashley and says, oh, I'll go up there and carry it. I was like, brilliant, wonderful. You know, you go and do it. So I just sat on my little scooter waiting for him to come back. He gets to the front and all of a sudden, all I see is Anthony Daniels come out from behind the table and come over to me and goes, oh, hello, and shakes my hand. And then I've got my Wicket Gap backpack on the front of the scooter and he starts grooming it and having this massive old chat with me for like five minutes. Now, mind you, there is a massive line by now lined up to meet him. He, uh, I'm actually up there talking to him and, and just letting him know how, how amazing I think he is in the movies and uh, noting how he's actually kept his streak alive of being in every single yeah. Star Wars movie. He wasn't C-3PO in Han Solo, who's actually a, another side character, but still made it in there. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm like, you know, and you signing this piece, Mr. Daniels, it's actually completing a 10-year anniversary gift for my wife, and she's right over there. She couldn't, she couldn't make it up because of the scooter. And he just stopped and said, how do I get out from behind this table? And finally found a way, moved some things, got out came around and then again started grooming your fuzzy wicked backpack (laughs) and then starts giving us all these anecdotes about the ewoks from his perspective which was hilarious and then there's these massive signs everywhere that say no pose photographs no selfies with mr daniels and he goes hey do you want a picture with me puts his arm on my shoulder and leans to it and smiles and while this guy's taking photos of us i'm like what happened such, here? Such a pleasure. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I, I do love meeting these people. 
because you hear these stories and, and you never you never know. I was completely wrong and I'm happy to say I was wrong because I had a brilliant experience. He made he went out of his waist. He was with us for a, a good, good three or four minutes, if not a little longer, chatting, you know, giving again, us information. Making this massive line wait. And then getting cross at his his handler because his handler hadn't got wicket in the picture. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta make sure the wicket's in the picture. <laughs> And it was just so much fun. He was he was such a pleasant guy. He was really, really, you know, friendly and warm. And I've got to say, I'm I'm very glad to have been mistaken in my thing. And yeah, it just such, gives such you this idea. Just such an amazing individual. Just such an Never amazing guy. Never judge a book by its character. Absolutely. And, know, and don't take what you what you no. what you hear and see at face value because again, I'd heard those same things. And, and then when you actually get to meet the person or, or meet them, you, you you see that all those preconceived notions are totally wrong. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, so just just again a a blast. And you know what? I know everybody has their bad days and maybe, you know, every especially when you're in those high stress situations, I could see how I can be snappy at times. I mean, if I'm hungry, if I'm tired, I get snappy. And how do we know those stories haven't come out of those times? Yeah, and these events aren't easy either. No. I mean, a lot of times the events aren't run well. You're just ushered from room to room. You're slammed around. I've, I've heard really bad stories about how some of these conventions are run. Not saying MCM is by any means, but it, it can be a very difficult experience for the actor, the actress, the artist, whatever it is in being at these things, especially if you're like touring for, for months and months mm. at a time like some of them are. So, so yeah, again, great to be proven wrong about, oh, about, about Anthony Daniels, and he was an absolute pleasure yeah. to talk with, and I really enjoyed that. And then uh, Ken Lashley. Oh, dude, Ken Lashley. That turned out to be an amazing thing as well. If you don't know who Ken Lashley is, he is the current artist on Black Panther. Yeah. He does cover work for Marvel, really an up-and-coming guy with them. And uh, and I, I saw he was going to be here, and I really wanted to meet him. Now, he's an American guy, well, a North American guy. He's Canadian. And and so whenever somebody from America comes to England, what I like to do is I like to treat them to something. Being an American in this country, here's a little gift pack. When when Todd Knock, another Marvel artist, came by, I brought him a whole bunch of Doctor Who because I knew he was a Doctor Who fan and just some sweets. And I did the same for Ken Lashley. I brought him a little four-pack of Iron Brew, which you either love or you hate, but you can really only get in this country. Yep. Crunchy bars, double-deckers, Maltesers, jelly tots, and wrapped it up with a bow and some ribbon and just wanted to bless and, him. And the Doctor Who lanyard. Oh, yeah, and a Doctor Who, because we're in England, you have to have a Doctor Who <laughs> lanyard. And, and I just wanted to get a commission from him. And so, you know, I brought him that. He was really thankful. We geeked out for a bit talking about our loves of things geeky and even hockey because he lives in Canada and you have to be a hockey fan, apparently, if you, if you live in Canada. Uh, he didn't say A, though. And I asked him about No, I actually noticed he didn't have much of a Canadian accent. I, didn't I have did the live there the for six months and yeah. I didn't think he had a Canadian accent at all. So he must be very South Canada. And very North America. Yeah. So. But again, just uh, a great, great guy to talk with. And his artwork is fantastic. And oh, we, it's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. You got to look. Uh, Ken Lashley. I think his uh, Twitter handle is Killer, which is L-E-D-K-I-L-L-A. But look his stuff up. But uh, I'd actually saved up money so that Sean could get this commission done as a as a gift to him, being as it's coming up to our second. What is our 12-year uh, anniversary? Second, 13th anniversary. 12. 12? Is it 12? I 18, thought it was 13. 06 to 18. Oh, yeah, it's true. So it's our second 12th anniversary. <laughs> See, this is, this is the problem here, is he's better at remembering these things than I am, and it's just kind of like a twist well, I just around. remember the numbers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, remember. 
And so I was ready to PayPal Mr. Lashley and give, you know, so he could pay for this amazing A4 drawing he'd done. And we'd already we'd agreed told, on about 80 to 100 pounds yeah. is about what it'd be some American dollars. Close to $150 is what one of his commission pieces would run. And then when we came back, he just goes, nah, man, nah. And we're like, you, like, you know, what? You, you brought you brought me this. You blessed me. Let me bless you is kind of how his thing was. And, and it, was it was, just... I mean, it was really nice because then we were like, hey, got some more money to spend on crap. It, okay, and now, gone, now, gone. now, I'm not but, saying you need to go and try to bribe these no, people. No, but, no, no, But no. what I like, I, I just like to make the times memorable. When I go out, when we went and saw Alan Tudyk, who is a K2SO, he's played King Candy, the voice in Wreck-It mm-hmm. Ralph, or maybe Firefly, if you are all Firefly fans. And uh, I'd just been listening to one of his podcasts from a year prior, and he brought up the fact that he was, you know, jokingly going to do a King Candy does vaudeville type songs where vaudeville is an older style of singing and dancing. And uh, so when I came up to him, I'm like, hey, Alan, I'm still waiting for that King Candy does vaudeville album. And he just looked at me blankly for a moment and then just burst out laughing because he remembered this obscure podcast he did about a year ago. And, and it just started this great time where we, he shared some anecdotes again. Uh, so, so when you go visit the people that you love, just, just try to have fun. You know, Just try to maybe bring them something if you know they like something and just try to make yourself that little bit memorable and stand out so they do remember you and you can have a good time and a story to tell. Yeah, one of the artists that I absolutely adore and we see it every single time we go to Comic-Con now, Sonia Leong. Um, I'm hoping I pronounced that right, Sonia. I do apologize as I pronounced it wrong. She's a very um, kind of well-known now. Uh, manga artist and she's amazing she's got loads of books out there on how to draw manga um she worked with um chameleon pens for a while and did a lot of their artwork and everything else beautiful work and sean just happened to see that she was at this comic-con the first time and said hey you should get a commission done by her um and so he got me a um princess leia commission and it was so amazing i was like this is so cool. I want, you know, can I get another one next time? So then she did me Ray the next time. And again, it was just stunning. And then he got me Queen Amidala. This last time she did me Hera. And every time we go, she's just so nice. And we've been taking one of our youth kids along with her who is, uh, she's deaf, but she is an amazing artist in her own right. And she's really learning. She's, she's only quite young still. But Sonia has been um, helping her along by every time she goes, she now goes and looks at our youth kids work and says, hey, this is how you can improve this and gives her pointers and helps and everything else. And she would even was offering to get her a book because this particular girl is Polish and offered to actually get a book of hers printed in Polish so that she could read it better. Now, fortunately, she's actually, although she is Polish, she speaks better English than she does Polish. So the English book was fine. But it's just, there are, there's such a generous lot of these Comic-Cons. Yeah, we got to leave Comic-Con next. I want to go to our top headlines of the okay. week, though. Maybe we'll, we'll make some allusions back to Comic-Con because it was a fun time and there's more stories from that. Yeah. Um, but I just want to start off with, with, with this first headline of the week. I've got, mm-hmm. I've got five here. I think you have about three headlines from the week that are going to be quick hits. Um, number one, though, Benedict Cumberbatch, man, he channels his inner Avenger for real. Now, according to his Uber driver, uh, while driving Cumberbatch and his wife to a club, the actor noticed a delivery driver being accosted by four men. Benedict shouted to the driver to stop. He jumped out of the car and then intercedes on this man's behalf, getting between the driver that was being beaten and four men. 
<laughs> now, the driver says, it was only then I recognized it was Benedict, and then it got a bit surreal. Here was Sherlock Holmes fighting off four attackers just around the corner from Baker Street. So they're they're less than a half mile from Speedy's is, Cafe. Is that the real Speedy's Baker Cafe. Street? Speedy's Cafe is oh, where okay. they were near. Uh, so a half mile from Sherlock Holmes' fictional home in the Sherlock Holmes TV show, if you watch the new <laughs> Sherlock series. Uh, and then the driver added, they tried to attack him, but he actually was able to defend himself and push them away so he was taking blows benedict cumberbatch and then they all kind of backed up recognized who he was maybe after a little bit and then just ran away uh benedict hugs the man on the ground helps him up so truly like benedict <laughs> he, uh, do you think they thought dang it's dr, dr. strange, strange run away <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but that is amazing you go benedict uh, got that little like uh, clip from Monty python run away run oh away gosh. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. It is. You know, oh, good job, I've Benedict. Got, yeah, go, Benedict Cumberbatch. Did you want me to do the next one? The Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3, that has a filming date. Yes. Uh huh. Aren't you excited um, about this? You are the big I Guardians am. Chris Pratt fan, okay? So, January ni- 2019, which means a spring 2020 release, which yes. means we're good two years it's off. It's two years away, which is Boo. frustrating. But. But James Gunn is going to be directing again, which means it's going to be amazing. Back in the saddle, Mr. Gunn. Writing and directing. So we're we're bound to see some Mary Poppins in there, hopefully. Um, We're looking for the same space comedy action that we've always come to expect from Guardians and we always get. And I'm already... I'm already knowing that I'm going to be having conversations with my dad about what's going to be on volume three of the... Uh... We've already had conversations about this. And oh, we'll I have know. More. Dad and me actually go backwards and forwards with our picks for what should be on the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, albums, the, oh, the volume the one, the volume gotcha, two, gotcha. and volume three. So I imagine we're going to have a new conversation about volume three. Um, I'm excited. I'm not excited about two years' wait. But I'm excited, and especially if that means Gamora's stuck in the Soul Stone for that amount of time. I'm really, I'm still, we're not going to get into our our theories on that right away, but it it, it does look. That could be bad. Yeah. Okay. Headline three, though, for lovers of our favorite friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and those in the comics, longtime Marvel writer Dan Slott is wrapping up a 10-year stint on the amazing Spider-Man with issue number 800. Now, not to spoil much, we see an epic battle with the Red Goblin, which, as we all know, is... Red Goblin? Yes, it's a fusion of the Green Goblin and the Carnage symbiote. Wait, wait. We all know this. I know Carnage is red, and you've got the Green Goblin. Yes. So wouldn't he be like the muddy brown... Goblin, no, because he's the red goblin. No, it'd be muddy brown goblin. Because okay, so red when plus green makes when muddy brown. the black venom symbiote covers Spider Man, he just goes black. He doesn't go like a murky blue. Okay, no, so when, when the brown. red carnage symbiote okay, covers so green goblin, brown he's goblin. now the red goblin. It's the muddy brown goblin. No, we see an epic battle with the red goblin. The Spider Man teams up with Venom. Okay, now actually, see this is where Spider Man and Venom team up sometimes. And Spider-Man even takes on the Venom symbiote when Venom realizes that he cannot do this, gives some of the little symbiote to Spider-Man, and then Spider-Man's rocking the black suit. Um, Again? But uh, the black suit is bad. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to say too much more because that might be spoiling too much already. Now, uh, this is a great pickup. If you're a fan of comics, if you love Spider-Man, even if you don't, this is this is going to be a really epic throwdown in this issue. So if you like all things Marvel-y and Spider-Man-y and comic-y, check this issue out. It'll be his, fun. His notes actually say Marvel-y and Spider-Man-y. Spider-Man-y. Yes, I wrote Spider-Man <laughs> just so I remember. Because Spider-Man-y. Things, yes, Spider-Man-y. 
Many spiders. Um, that is headline number three. <laughs> Don't you have something on Top Gun? Okay. Don't you have something on Top Gun? Oh, you Gun? want me to go to Top Gun, do you? You have something Top on Top Gun. Gun. Yes, Top Gun 2. I'm actually kind of worried about this. Uh, Tom Cruise just marked the start of the production on Twitter. Um, looking to release next August. Actually, I'm I'm not... I don't know if I'm okay with this. Why not? I, I don't know, because... You know, the thing about Top Gun is it was all like F-16s and, you know, the Tomcats and... F-14s. Or whatever. Yes. Or whatever. The F-14 Tomcat. Come on. If you were a kid and a child of the 80s and early 90s, you knew what an F-14 Tomcat was. Okay. But I said the Tomcat bit. You so, did say the Tomcat And Tom I knew Cat it was bit. an F-something. And I think there were F-16s in there as well. But. Yeah. Anyway. And the MiGs and all that nonsense. So Nonsense. Yeah. My I, grandpa I mean, worked at Fighter Town USA, by the way, in San Diego and Miramar. I would stand there as a kid and watch these planes take off. It was amazing. That's nice. It was nice. Good for you. I Very good for me. Do you know what? I used to watch those planes take off as a kid, too. That's good. Over here at the air bases now move in on Suffolk. To your, move on to your headline. Okay. So anyway, Tom, Tom, Tom Cruise in Top Gun 2. Well, I mean, we can only imagine that Maverick is now an old Maverick and can't is no Ice longer. Is Iceman going to be in this one? Are we going to get an old You know what? I'd love Val to see Kilmer. Val Kilmer come back and be snotty to Tom Cruise because he deserves it. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's going to happen. I think we're just going to get Tom Cruise trying to be Viper when he's just, you know, he feels the need, the need for speed. I mean, no. Yeah. I, I, do you know what? This is going to be a rental for me. I'm not going to rush to the cinemas and watch this one. I just want to hear like a cackling Val Kilmer then come in the credits and like shoot down Tom Cruise and then fly away. And that, yeah, that's it. That's Val, that Kilmer's, that's Val Kilmer's role as Iceman. Now, in a move only Marvel could pull off, uh, the writers of Marvel's Lockjaw. Now, if you don't know who Lockjaw is, he is the large teleporting pooch from Inhumans. Mm-hmm. He runs into Superman and Wonder Woman in a Marvel comic issue of Lockjaw. No. Okay, so who does Superman and Wonder Woman? A DC. Come on, this is amazing. Now, to remain spoiler-free on the issue, I'll simply say that Lockjaw jumps between realms, ending up in Asgard in Duckworld, and then eventually ending up in a realm with Superman and Wonder Woman who simply tell Lockjaw he's trespassing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so did Lockjaw eat Superman? Because that would be amazing. No, he was just told he was trespassing. But you know what, DC? You are trespassing in Marvel's world because right now Marvel owns this world. I'm sorry, DC. It, it, it's over for you. But I just what? I just love that Marvel is able to like get the one up on DC. No, Lockjaw should totally eat like Superman and Wonder Woman and then absorb their powers and then just, you know, poop them out. That would be brilliant. I think he can already fly and is super strong. Um, so he's fine. Yeah, but then he could have like he a tongue have of truth. He doesn't have a lasso of a tongue of truth. Just wrap him up. It'd be brilliant. All right, what's, what's, what's going on with Toothless? Speaking of like... Toothless? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about this. So How to Train Your Dragon 3. We talked about this last week with The Hidden World, yes. which is the new name of it. There is a poster now. I saw it. And it has Toothless, the Black Knight Fury, with a white fury that we may think might be a day fury is there such a thing as a day fury apparently there might be now it can't be a night fury because the night fury is black so it's an albino night fury would be a day fury actually no this comes from the film fun of its pigmentation problem they're actually saying this i know so that's really exciting but this next week well this week as you're all listening to it this week there is a trailer going to be dropping at some point this That's week. That's going to be awesome. And that is super exciting. So you will get to see the White Fury in all of its glory. And as Toothless finally finds a mate, 
And does that mean the end of Hiccup and Toothless, though? I don't know. I don't I know. I think that Dave Fury would hang out. The Dave Fury wouldn't go anywhere. Toothless is not leaving Hiccup. Well, it's not going to happen. But he's the king of the dragons now. Yeah, he's the alpha, and that makes Hiccup the king king of, of the dragons. If Hiccup rides is the rider of Toothless. No, 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 no. This is, this is not an Aragorn and Sephira here, mate. I'm just mate. saying, this though. Is, this is a friendship. This isn't a... Tooth, you know, that Hiccup owns Toothless because that's never been the case. Because Hiccup could be eaten by Toothless at any moment should Toothless get the idea. But then Toothless could never fly again. He would just fly into walls. No, he can now. Kind of. No, he can totally fly without Toothless now. But he needs this little contraption. If that ever falls off, he'll just. Well, that's true, but I don't think it's going to because he's got some pretty good you know, crafter there. I know, but he's still, got his plus three in crafting. Yes, he has his plus three bonus sword. Twenty percent, you know, yeah, whatever. Okay, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm excited about that trailer. I love the first two. Uh, this one should be a lot of fun. As Go on about your Mega well. Man. So Mega Man Eleven. Oh my goodness! If you are a fan of NES stuff, original Nintendo, Super Nintendo, just Nintendo, and love Mega Man, you gotta love you some Mega Man. Uh, they are hitting the shelves in October, bringing you know, us I back. Think I've ever played oh, Mega come Man? On. They're bringing us back so much about what we loved of Mega Man, which was really. In- infuriatingly difficult bosses. They were so hard sometimes. Those bosses were ridiculous. Is it as bad as Destiny? More so. Honestly, some of those bosses in Mega Man were ridiculous. Now, that we also get to see our favorite robot, Pinocchio. I'm a real boy feel type game, which is wonderful, which is always what Mega Man has been. Come on. He's always that that robot boy, like Small Wonder, that sitcom sure. in the 90s. I'm sorry. I really have no clue. I'm an Obama man. C- close. But I don't know Mega did, Man. Did I mention a sweet amiibo is being released with these? Only the Switch version of the game. Now, it's being released on the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and PC as well. But only the Switch edition will uh, the amiibo actually function for and be well, awesomely cool. Yeah, they don't want it working for other people. But Plus, I don't think you have the PlayStation 4 doesn't have amiibos, and nor does the Xbox. But they have the little pads like Skylander and Disney Infinity and Lego Dimensions. You could do some kind of interfacey thing. No, because there's an Amiibo. The Amiibo only work with Nintendo Switch or But Nintendo I'm just telling 3DS. people that might not realize it that you only get the Amiibo with the Nintendo Switch edition. Okay, fair enough. Because it is a very cool Amiibo and you might want Wah. to just collect it Wah. because it's all... Actually, Wah. I think it might come with any release, but it will only work with the Switch edition. Boom. You're mean. Yeah, I think maybe so. All right. Hit me your last headline. That's headline okay. number eight, and we'll be done. See, I had a top five in five, which would have been top five headlines in five minutes, but now we're eight, and we're well over five minutes. Okay, good. So finish your last um, headline. So this one was uh, one of those headlines that I kind of was like skimming through the websites and having a look at all this stuff, and I saw this, and I was like, okay, kept going. and went, wait, did I read that right and scroll back up? Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to say or think about this one yet. Well, not only that, James Marsden, the original Cyclops, is going to be like the lead character. He's actually going to be playing a cop who meets Sonic and then they team up to, fe- to defeat evil Dr. Robotnik. Yeah, I, 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 again, I and don't know. And it's going to be a live action <laughs> hybrid movie okay paramount's making it if that makes it any more 
sensible. So live I action. Just, I don't get it. Hybrid like battle, a uh, battle, a uh, battle angel, Alita, like one like that, or more I'm, so like Who Framed Roger I'm Rabbit? I'm thinking Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Really? <laughs> Please don't. Please, Please don't be that do. way. No, if it's you've really got it, or like even just Lord of the Rings, you have orcs walking with humans, so that is a CGI in a real world thing mashed together. But you you can make a really cool. No. Sonic needs to look like he did on the Sega. So you, you want him to look like the animated, bright, vibrant blue. Yes. No, that that would be a movie that I would. And not then he see. doesn't talk and just does that nodding thing. Just nods his head. Who did the talking? Did anybody talk? No, he talked in the cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. He never did in the TV show in the in the game. No, he didn't. Make him shut up because he never talked about the game. I just don't know what they're going to do with that. It just sounds odd. But they have some names. I mean, Marzin's a decent name in the industry it's interesting so you got cyclops yeah all right I, I i have to see a trailer first because well it's coming out next november so november 2019 okay, we're not going to see a trailer probably until next beginning year, of next year essence. spring i'm thinking but that's just yeah so if, okay. you, if you like you some james Marden, marsden and uh, 27 dresses and all of that and westworld i guess fame then yeah then you might like you some Sonic the Hedgehog movie. See, I like Sonic the Hedgehog. I just don't know how it's going to work in a movie. No. I really can't see that. I'm going to give one more last little headline because it it kind of is me geeking out, but still kind of a headline where Cloak & Dagger, the TV show from Marvel, is starting this week, I think on Thursday. Okay, look. Now, I don't know a whole lot about Cloak & Dagger. I don't know much about their origin story, so I'm not going to bore you with what I do know. I'm just going to say it comes out June 6th. I'm excited about it. Marvel, they've been hitting on all cylinders, so I'm just really excited to see where they'll take this new property and run and go. Cool. Can I watch it with you? Uh, Yeah. Will you watch Cloak & Dagger with me? I will watch Cloak & Dagger with you, seeing as I was the first one who said, we should watch it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Okay. All right. So one of my big geeking out things this week has been season two of The Toys That Made Us. You talk so much about this. I, it's really it, it, good. It, it, it is, I'll say it's more interesting. I'm more just interested to see it than excited to yeah, see it. Yeah, but you still haven't seen it. I've watched bits when you've been watching. Yeah, but it's so good. Share why it's so good. Explain okay. to people so why this, this is something season, they need to see. this season we have focused on Star Trek, which I was prepared to be really bored with. Because it's not one of those ones you you know you think about when you think about toys you don't think hey Star Trek toys you I mean you had the Enterprise and you had the Klingon bird of prey but you, you no didn't, you it didn't was have super interesting I was I was really interested because it was more of a um, the companies that got hold of it to begin with uh, when Star Trek started they kind of just went and got their original products. And then repainted them and slapped Star Trek stickers on them. So just so, random vehicles that had oh nothing gosh. to do with the Star Trek Absolutely. world. Absolutely, that is Even fantastic. Mister Spock's helmet that had like one that of the little fantastic. like police siren things on it. What? Like a light on the top of it. Why? It looked like a police siren, and then it made this horrible noise. And they're just Star Trek toys. Kind of like the Mario helicopter helmet that he'll wear in game. Something like that. Is he supposed to fly yeah. with this? No. no, it was like a siren. <laughs> you know, like a light. Well, how big was this? Weird. Was this a 12-inch character or the little three and a half inch no, figure? No, this was a helmet that you could wear. Oh, so we would wear this helmet. Yes. So we would buy a helmet with a little wee, 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 wee thing yes. right on top of it that made no connection to the show at all. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. 
It was okay. weird. <laughs> it was weird. Anyway, so there's, I mean, even a lot of the Star Trek fans were laughing about how bad a lot of these products were and how they still had all of them. So it was, it was quite funny. It was a funny episode. It was okay. interesting to watch. Um, they also concentrated on Transformers. That's got an amazing history that I didn't even realize. And some of the stuff that beyond I, like the the Gen One stuff, the G One, yeah, mid eighties Transformers, just where the origins of the Transformers came from and how they created them in the first I place. I think I did see part of that episode where one guy w- was had been dumped on and said, "All right, you need to come up with the origin stories for these thirty seven Transformers by tomorrow. Go something like yeah, that." Yeah, well, that was where, part po- of poor it. Guy. <laughs> but it all come out of these. Um, a lot of the stuff out in Japan and some of the ways that they'd kind of created them was is very cool and very interesting where it's like his origins were. So, again, worth watching. So, again, if people really like Star Trek and Transformers and cool stuff yeah. surrounding them, it's worth a watch. And it's on Netflix, right? Oh, it is. Yeah, Is it absolutely. a Netflix original? Or it is... is a Netflix original. Um, I really liked the Hello Kitty episode. That one was... Uh, Again, very, very interesting and I mean, not what I was all? expecting. Who cannot get enough of Hello Kitty? I know. I, I mean, I do understand that. It's like insanely I was cool. Being facetious. Well, no, it is. She's really cool. <laughs> I didn't realize that actually, even though she was created in Japan, she is actually British. Really? Yes, they made her to be British. She takes piano lessons and um, is quite hoity toity because. That's what Japanese kids want to do. They Hello wanted to Kitty live in London and they wanted tea. to have like piano lessons and the whole lot. And it was just really, really cool. Uh, so the last episode, which is actually the third episode, not because Hello Kitty's the fourth episode, is on Lego. So they which, only do four episodes a season? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Um, so season, season two, third episode is actually on Lego. And I didn't know how close to bankruptcy that company was like into the 2000s wow until they got marvel and star wars licenses and no they had the star wars license really and they were about to completely go bankrupt did they overextend themselves or were people just not buying lego who doesn't buy lego legos are bought all the time yeah well the Forever. thing was is that overwatch um, originally... legos are coming oh. overwatch legos are coming so originally they like the lego lands and everything else yeah they so overextended themselves, they had to shut down like loads of them wow. because they'd gotten so far past their like bankruptcy point. And then they've now started to rebuild themselves and actually they have all these original things. And I always thought, you know, Lego's been around since I was a kid, before I was a kid. And it's always been quite prevalent and quite expensive, really. And I never realized they were in that much trouble. And I mean, they were in serious trouble in like 2006, 2007. They really, really kind of were hurting. But it's a, again, the guy who created Lego started off by making wooden ducks. Wow. Well, you just think of how much Legos have been a staple. If you're 40 and under, they are a staple of your entire growing up childhood yeah. to now. I remember as a kid, I was building the, the, the space oh, ones. The system. And the... That was it. The system. All had to fit the system. Okay. The Lego system. Yeah. And I had a bunch of the space ones and all my friends had Legos. But it was just a part of growing really, up. the space ones were really, really popular. Oh, they're and huge. And that really went very well. And then they started trying to do other things and it actually went flat until they did the Bionicles. But then the Bionicles didn't really fit the system. So yeah, the problem was had to break the, the TV show when very well 
and it the bionicles sold really well and then everybody went well i don't like the tv show anymore and then it fell flat again so they've gone have gone up and down and up and down and up and down and now they're going up and up and up and up and up because everybody wants their products made into lego same as pop vinyl everybody wants their products made into pop vinyls well i've got my tardis lego set and my brother's got his ecto one from ghostbusters and the the delorean set i mean they're they're all there's so many things you can get them an alien falcon it would be nice. It would be nice to have something like that, but it, it's tough to swallow 150 pounds. For, oh, I know. Or, for or Lego, okay. 400 pounds for the Death Star, which I think is is close to 600 dollars in the U.S. for a Lego set. It just just funny, funny money. Just something I can't. Yeah, I could never put out for a Lego set. No, no. But it was it was a really good second season. The first season was brilliant. The second season was just as good. And if you have any love to like for those sort of toys from Transformers, the GI Joes. From Barbie to Hello Kitty. It's a great shorter documentary that you can watch. And it is really interesting. There's no, it's not boring. There's no kind of like downturn here. It is a really, really good show. Netflix. Ba-dum. Netflix original show. Bum, bum. I'll have to drop in the uh Yeah, the, the sound little right sound there. there. Netflix. That's where it would have been. Right there. Yeah. Now, my geeking out, now, I don't really have a whole lot. It's more of just a mind-blown kind of thing. Now, Livy, I know you you enjoy playing Destiny. I do. You love your Destiny. You'll spend time on strikes and, and doing your grinding. You don't like the Crucible much, and you haven't had a chance to raid, but you still, you enjoy it. And you've actually spent real-world money in Destiny before, haven't you? And, and I did spend some money on some silver to get you the noodle yes, emote. Yes, the noodle emote. You did get that for me, which was wonderful. I'm not going to complain about that, but you have spent money. Now, th- that was about a tenner, right? You spent about yeah. 10 pounds to do so. Now, Star Citizen, it is a mostly crowdfunded video game, mm-hmm. which ranked in on, on Kickstarter $36 and $37 million in back-to-back years and has raised more than $175 million total from crowdfunding. That's insane. Now, really. they currently have... A $27,000 DLC available that they're only offering to people that have already spent $1,000 in the game. Now, what? I need to preface this with the fact that the game has not even been released yet. The game is not even available to play in the capacity that it's meant to play. Now, it was crowdfunded originally in 2012. They had release dates of 2014, 2015, 2016. And we're still (laughs) waiting for it to come out. Now, they have some veteran game developers right behind it, actually, who created the classic Wing Commander series in the 90s, uh, Chris Roberts. And and they're creating this. They want it to be the end-all space game. Almost think, think of like the Oasis. There are thousands and thousands of planets and asteroids and moons that they want people to be able to develop and mine. You can actually currently buy plots of land right now, a four-kilometer square for $50 um, at a time, or larger but plots for more. That sounds just like Battlestar Galactica Online and Tucky on the Fringe. Now, I know they do have some star power here. They have Gary Oldman, Mark Hamill, Jillian Anderson that have lent their voice to to some of the games and the in-game play that they're getting together here. Yeah, but Tacky on the Fringe had uh, Bruce Campbell. At $27,000. I'm sorry, no. For DLC. No. 20, now, now, that better include a real-world Ford Mustang GT for me to drive around if I'm dropping $27,000. Now, apparently it comes with about every single ship in the game, almost every single ship. 163 other items, but again, you have to have spent $1,000 towards the game already to even be offered this package. 
on a but, game that's not even released yet and is five no. years beyond their initial release no. window. No. This this does not – actually, just last year, they were uh, one of the top businesses rated for worst business model. So they're not doing well. Hope Hopefully – this $175 million that has been crowdfunded is not going to go to waste because you've seen studios go under, especially one with the ambition of, of trying yeah, to make this massive MMO. what happens with all this money that people have you know, put money into this game? If they go under, does that mean they just lose, lose all Lose everything. Their... With crowdfunding, that's the thing. Crowdfunding, you only get something out of if the company is oh. able to produce uh, again, not not so much a geeking out for me, just a very blown away, like, wow, they, they could spend that kind of money in a video game. Now, maybe if it becomes like the Oasis a la Ready Player One, that $27,000 is, is well spent because maybe it becomes worth millions in game when the Oasis takes over the world, Star Citizen takes over the world. I don't know. It's just, that that's just... Wow. Can we talk about a game that actually is working and I'm really, really chuffed with and I'm really excited about really okay. quick? Um, it is uh, uh, Jurassic World. Oh, my goodness. It's the Jurassic version of Pokemon Go. I can't download it. I'm so angry. He can't download it because I have the British iTunes store and Sean kept his American one. And now can't hey, download good reason. it. How many movies have we watched I before know, they're even honey, in theaters know, out here because know, of my American Apple accounts? But okay? that means he can't download it. Can't and download of course, it. if you downloaded it before the May the 30th, you got a big bonus. So I just Aww. got loads and loads of cash for free that I would have had to pay quite a lot of bucks for. So I haven't had to do that. And actually, it is quite good fun so far. Now, they haven't done a lot with it and they've promised lots and lots more content to be added. But so far... One thing I'm super excited about is the fact that it is basically a Jurassic World loot stop or a Pokey stop, if you're going to put it in Pokemon terms, right outside our house. That is really so nice. every 15 we have a, we have minutes, turn Jurassic it on, spot. spin that little thingy, and I've got some loot stuffed in my thing. That's fun. And then having the dinosaurs roaming around outside was quite good fun. You know, I got to go and send my little drones out and... um go and shoot the dinosaurs and grab their DNA so I can create my inversions. Quite good fun there. Um, quite. Quite good fun. Um, then you get to create them in your lab and then you can hybrid them with other dinosaurs and make them into bigger and better dinosaurs. You can fight them in a battle arena against other people's dinosaurs. A la All Pokemon quite good fun. Go. <laughs> now, but one of the funnest things ever about this entire game is the fact that when you're looking at your dinosaur that you've created, you can actually put it in an AR simulation. So in other words, I've had a Velociraptor running up and down in our living room quite happily and I'm petting it and, and calling it nice names and you can record yourself doing it and you, you can do record love your yourself Velociraptor, don't petting you? it and you can record yourself poking it in the face and it's kind of... Yeah, it's brilliant. Just that alone has made me so happy. It's It's, yeah... Now, there is a VIP, like, you can actually sign on for their service, which costs per month. I'm not actually sure how much it is, but... Do you understand how smart that is and what they're doing? They're getting oh, you yeah. to pay for something that is like an advertisement for their next movie. So you yeah. are paying to have them advertise to you to get you excited about their next movie. Exactly. This is like the Lego movies where you pay to go take your child to a 90-minute commercial for all of the toys they're now going to want and spend hundreds and hundreds of pounds. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, we've had many a conversation with that about that. It's a 90-minute commercial. But it's it's a super cool game. If you've gone and gotten bored with Pokemon Go, it's a fresh take on it. It has got some nice new little features that kind of are fun to play with. The battling is is interesting. Um, no, it sounds like a fun game, though. I'm really looking forward yeah, to, to when fun. I can actually play it on, yes. on my phone because I can't do it right now. We will put a link to the App Store for the Jurassic World game and for all of our news stories. But on Facebook, we are The Geek UG. On Twitter, we are... The Geek UG. Oh, we didn't talk about our Twitter poll. And the Instagram, we are. We didn't. The Geek UG. We didn't talk about our Twitter poll. <laughs> what, what was the uh, What was the results? Of the it Twitter was poll? a tie. We had a. It was a. What? Fi- I know. So we, the question on that Facebook, we had. Facebook Domino won. Okay, and on Twitter we had a draw between Thanos and Domino. Who would win a head-to-head I confrontation? Still say Domino would have it. After kind of talking it out and hashing it out, I think so as well. But, twi- but Twitter says fifty fifty that. So I guess that that does mean that Domino has won all of our polls combined. Yeah. Because she won on Facebook and then drew on on Twitter. Can you do it on Instagram? I don't think so. There there probably is some way, but tw- but Instagram likes to block. You can't Maybe have comments. anything. You can't do it on comments. You can do comments. You could just write comments who you think would win. Uh, give a heart for this or a, a smiley for that kind of thing. So you can do comments, but it just it doesn't necessarily have a a poll per se where you can just click Thanos, click Domino, and make oh, it happen. Oh, I'd like to say as well, uh, Dominic had uh, sent us back because he actually on our recommendation went and saw Solo. Now, what I would like to say, though, okay, I'll let you finish that, but I'm sick and tired of Han Solo getting ripped like it is because. Oh my gosh! Yes. Now, now. It, Again, it's it's not the greatest movie of all time. What what I look at then is okay. We we look at look at the reviews it's getting right now on IMDb. Black Panther has a seven point five. Han, oh my god! Han Solo has a seven point two. I'm just saying though that it's not like this is getting reviewed terribly. People that are watching it really are enjoying it. And and for me, someone that enjoys the lore and and how Han and Chewie got together, what happened there, who they met, the the exact you know the Kessel Run, how we got the Millennium Falcon. It's there was fun. this horrible journalist on HuffPost that I was reading about, and he did this article on Han Solo and said that people don't care how Han made the Kessel Run and how he met Chewie and everything else. And I had to send him a pretty um, strict worded comment to the back of it saying, actually, some of us do care how those things happened and it's not okay calling us sad or, you know, pathetic because we do care about how Han did those things. And actually, from my comment, I had about six people say, you know, all power to you, girl, because that was exactly how we felt. So I know that there are a lot of people out there who really have enjoyed this movie. Now, now how did you said Dominic was listening, went and saw it based on our review? Yeah, he sent a, a different review, and it was it was actually quite a fair review, I'd say. It was it was kind of sitting on the fence a little bit, I'd say. Okay, but it was a fair review on it, and he said that he enjoyed it. He probably wouldn't have gone as far as I said about I enjoyed it. Um, it's the first movie I've really enjoyed since Return of the Jedi. I thought that was going out there pretty far, but but no, it's, it's, it's still your opinion. So. It's still your opinion. Um, I enjoyed The Force Awakens. I mean that it. I mean it made me and my son absolutely sob when Han Solo died, and I think for me, just the fact that they killed off one of my favorite characters, I think that's what made that movie traumatic let's put it that way for me so as much as i enjoyed a lot of that movie i find it hard to watch because of that and um the last jedi i did enjoy it 
and there are some brilliant moments in it, but I really didn't think it was that great. Yeah, I'm, I'm still mixed feelings yeah. on The Last Jedi. There are moments in it that I loved, and then there's other stuff in it, like, I'm sorry, but that... All I keep thinking of is that Princess Leia flying through, like, Superman, Weird. and it just... I don't like that bit. I really no, I don't. Um, but for me, as much as I liked Rogue One, and I loved the characters and everything else, it kind of felt a little bit like... Um, what is it? Dunkirk, where all the um, World War Two guys just get getting shot down. It was like that, but in the Star Wars world. Which I think was great, though. I mean, Star it Wars needed brilliant. a movie like that. It was, but it was very, very harsh. And with all the characters ending up dying, it was kind of... Kind of... Jarring? Yeah. Yeah. So, for me, Solo was the first movie that I've sat and laughed and solidly enjoyed... Like, enjoyed, enjoyed since Return of the Jedi. And I don't feel bad in saying no, that. that. That is fair. And uh, so, again, before you just believe everything about Han uh, or Solo, a Star Wars story flopping, it, it, it's not – I mean, it's, it's not the end of the world. This movie is not a terrible movie. Again, it's reviewed right there, right next to Black Panther, which was critically acclaimed, Black Panther. And I didn't like Black Panther. And, and so, some people did, some didn't. But, but still – I'm just saying the reviews of both those movies are very, very similar uh, as far as the rating reviews. So, so don't don't just write this movie off thing. because of what Black you hear. Black Panther for me, I loved the characters. I really did love the characters. I loved the setting. I loved the some of the action sequences were brilliant. I just didn't like the storyline. Yeah. The storyline for me fell flat because I felt like it was old and it had already been done. Yeah. I love Black Panther as a character. I think it's brilliant that they had a movie that was. Um, was so positive about the African nation and everything else. Because a lot of times when you watch movies about Africa, it's about people who are poor and starving and everything else. So it was great to see a piece that was so positive. It was empowering of the people. And it was, yeah. And I love that. But I just didn't think it was well written. Myself. I didn't enjoy it that much. But there have been other movies I haven't enjoyed. I wasn't that enamored with homecoming and i know you liked it it's just spider-man but I it was just Spider-Man. yeah but it wasn't my favorite movie but we are well beyond our time and we have to get going here it's time to wrap it up uh i know we like to talk and sometimes we get a little passionate about what we're talking yeah. about and, and run long but uh we're so thankful you joined us tonight we, we do again want to encourage you that, it, that it's okay to be you that, that all these things that we're talking about that some people might think are, are geeky or weird or nerdy, you know what, th- this is something where these are amazing things and amazing people mm-hmm. love these things. And you are one of those people uh, that are amazing. Uh, you know, what I say is don't forget to be awesome because you are awesome. The things you love are awesome and there's only one of you. Uh, so be you because it's the best thing that, that you can be. And-, and me, I say be unique because I, I want to live in a world where people can love what they love because they love it. And not because somebody else says, well, that's what's cool, so you have to love it. Because that's how I felt at school is a lot of times because I liked certain things, people wouldn't accept me because it wasn't cool, it wasn't right. And, you know, I was made fun of for those sort of things. But you know what? As I've gotten older, I've realized it does not matter what anybody else likes because if I like something, that's okay. It is. And I like wearing, you know... Star Wars hoodies. I've got a hoodie with Ewok ears on it, and I'm proud to walk out on that. And my newest one I just got from EMP has got Darth Vader on it, and it is super cool. And Sean's got a Destiny one, and it doesn't matter because it's things we love. 
and we love to be nerdy and, and we okay love to, to be geeky shine. and we want to be unique and we encourage you to be unique. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on we the podcast do. today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're joining us. But have a great one and we will hopefully catch you next time. So from the Geek Underground, bye! The Geek Underground will return next week. But until then, don't forget to be awesome.